Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. When you start up a business, you're looking to hit milestones to reassure yourself that things are going in the right direction. One of those milestones is simply being able to keep the doors open for the first year. And if you're still going two years after starting up, you can be pretty confident that your business plan is working. However, no matter how much of a forward-looking strategic thinker you might be, there's very little chance that you'll have a strategy for dealing with what happens in the year 50. And that's the position Joni Friedman Lagasse finds herself in. When Joni's father passed away after a long illness in 1969, Joni's mother started a company to keep all the caregivers employed who she'd assembled to take care of her husband. Joni's mom called the company Dependable In-Home Care. When Joni was 28, her mother passed away and she took over control of the company. Today, Dependable In-Home Care is 50 years old. It has six full-time employees and over 170 active caregivers. And Joni is still president. Joni, welcome out to lunch. Oh, thank you so much for having me. The object of any for-profit business is to make money. When we say that, we assume the money we're talking about is U.S. currency. There are other currencies like Bitcoin, which are called cryptocurrencies, and there's something else altogether. It's called Moxie. You can get Moxie dollars by becoming a member of the Moxie management system. To do that, you have to have a business. Once your business is a member of the Moxie system, you can earn Moxie dollars when other members of Moxie spend money with your business. And then you spend those Moxie dollars at any other Moxie establishment. If all this sounds like a barely legal type of sketchy scheme, let me tell you this. In 2018, Moxie processed over 100,000 transactions for a total value of over $21 million. Moxie has been up and running since the early 2000s, starting out in Baton Rouge, spreading so far as to Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, and now it's arrived in New Orleans. The general manager and partner of Moxie New Orleans is John Roberts. John, welcome out to lunch. Great, excited to be here, Peter. Joni, the current drive by the healthcare industry is to move patients out of the hospital as soon as possible and then have them cared for in their own home. Uh, it's a movement that only happened fairly recently, but your company, Dependable In-Home Care, has been providing in-home care for 50 years. You were a long way ahead of the trend, so far ahead that when you started providing a system for matching up caregivers and people who needed them, you practically had to invent the business. Today, there is a large number of companies offering in-home care service. Has being the first to market help you establish yourselves over the years so that you're now an industry leader? Or does the entry of big nationwide companies into the market disrupt the balance of the local personalized approach that your company fosters? Well. 
Certainly there is a challenge when you're dealing with national franchises. They have much more money than you do. They have much more advertising dollars than you do. But what they don't have is they don't have, (laughs) true, (laughs) they don't have the 50 years of experience that we do, and they don't have the personal touch that we do. And we have been successful because we've been able to bring our product to market, I think, with all of those things, plus we do it at anywhere from 15 to 30 percent less than the national franchises. And that's a big, big difference for people who are trying to keep their people in their home. Joni, just to get this straight, you don't have, uh, you don't employ these caregivers. They're kind of independent contractors? That's true. We, we operate out of a different business model called the caregiver registry business model. And that is a consumer-directed care model as opposed to an employer-employee-directed uh, model. When you um, hire someone from a national franchise, that person is going to be the employee of that company. When you come to Dependable In-Home Care looking for help for your mom, we do almost like a matching with you. And our job as a nationally accredited caregiver registry is to vet these people up, down, and sideways. Um, Work history, drug screenings, TB testing, driving records, everything that you can possibly think of. Plus, they have to have a minimum of two years of hands-on experience. Normally, that experience is probably in a nursing home or a hospital or an assisted living center or something along those lines. So do they have, I'm trying to think a little bit of the difference here, do they have their own uh, insurance funds? Yeah, they do. They, ha- they have to carry their own general liability insurance. Um, and so it's and so what the difference, though, is when you have a consumer-directed care model as opposed to an agency-directed care model, the consumer is really in control. Let me give you an example. If you go to an agency-directed model and your parents have dogs, maybe you want that caregiver to walk those dogs. That might be an additional fee. Um, say you want that caregiver to do grocery shopping, that might be an additional fee. Whereas with a consumer-directed care model, you and your caregiver decide exactly what the cost will be. We can give you a parameter of what you should pay as far as an hourly rate goes, but what you and that particular caregiver come to terms with is between the two of you. Now, John, trade exchanges have been around for a long time. A a trade exchange works something like this. A dentist gives the owner of a shoe store $100 worth of dental work, and the shoe store owner gives the dentist a $100 pair of shoes. Most trade exchanges are a little bit more sophisticated than that, with members bartering services in a more complex arrangement that's strictly reciprocal. But Moxie is a whole other order of sophistication. It seems like it's a combination of a stock exchange and a currency trader, although it's actually neither. So maybe you could explain what the managed economy aspect of Moxie actually is. Is it in fact a parallel financial universe where members can earn and spend Moxie dollars with no connection to the U.S. currency whatsoever? Yeah, there is no direct currency connection, um, but the IRS does consider Moxie dollars equivalent to a U.S. dollar. So all of the members do receive a 1099 at the end of the year, and they expense the uh, 1099B, and they expense everything that they spend uh, as a regular business expense just as they would if they had spent cash. So it's not uh, some plan to avoid taxes, for instance? No, unfortunately, we do have some percentage of people who are thrilled to sign up and then they realize that they can't avoid any taxes. <laughs> now the, the actual organization is 
established for quite some time and such. It's just that New Orleans is a new operation for you. That's right. So um, we have 14 different communities already, mainly in South Louisiana, that are operational. Um, in New Orleans, we felt that there was an under, underutilized marketplace, so we really have a big push here to increase the number of members we have participating in New Orleans. Now, one of the ways you earn Moxie dollars is to get other people into the organization. Is that, is that correct? Or? Yeah, well, we do have a referral program, but that's not the primary focus. One of the, the, the way you earn Moxie dollars is to offer your goods or services to the other members of the network. That's the, by far the primary way m members participate. And so because every restaurant that has an empty table during lunch, every dentist that has an empty chair uh, at the end of the day, that's lost revenue that can never be recovered. So if they are offering that excess capacity into the network, they're able to gain some value um, for those that excess capacity and replace their cash expenses by, you know, the restaurant then earns some moxie dollars by serving a few meals. And then when the plumber needs to come out to uh, clear the drains, well, they're going to use a moxie member plumber. Uh, so that's a new customer for the plumber. And then they pay in the moxie dollars and they save the cash expense. And do the, uh, the two parties involved, do they negotiate a price? Yeah. So if there's, you know, we, we uh, live by the golden rule and we expect all our members to live by the golden rule. So the plumber is charging $175 cash to clear drains. He needs to charge $175 in moxie to clear the drain. So uh, it is really live, live as you wish to be treated by others. Um, but uh, yes, there, we always advise everyone to, if it's a, a floating price type of situation, that you should check prices just like you, if you were paying cash. Now, when I was preparing for the show, I hadn't thought about the filling excess capacity, sort of like, I guess, what Priceline does. Mm -hmm. um, is that... Is that one of the big attractions here? That is, the, that is the primary attraction. So it is to get new customers to fill excess capacity. You're getting new customers because members will bypass or change the vendors that they currently use to be able to spend their moxie credits instead of cash. So uh, like I said, a restaurant may switch the plumber that they use because they don't have to pay cash to the plumber anymore. Um, you know, the plumber may switch orthodontists for his kids because he can pay, in, you know, in moxie credits for that. So that, that's the aspect of new customers that we bring to our members. Now, Joni, I have to ask you, I've got to be honest with you, I sat on the board of a, a company called Emeticist for 18 years, and, um, and, I, and first when I was starting to read about you, I was trying to figure the difference. We took care of people who were coming out of the hospital that really needed medical care. Yours isn't so much medical care. It's more uh, kind of personal services, is that what I would think? It's non-medical. You're probably referring to um, home health care, which is skilled care. And a lot of people don't know the difference between skilled care and non-medical in-home care. Non-medical in-home care is going to be anything below the level of an LPN. When you come out of the hospital, normally you uh, get some skilled care that you're entitled to through your insurance or through Medicare or whatever. And normally that's usually about six weeks and then it has to be re-upped. Where the non-medical part comes in is if your particular need goes beyond what they're doing for you. So in other words, they might be coming out doing physical therapy, uh, occupational therapy, uh, things along those lines, but you may need help with bathing, dressing, feeding, toileting, companionship, running errands, going to get your prescriptions, um, just all the other things that if you had an extra family member hanging around the house that knew what they were doing, they could do all these things for you. I'm going to ask you both this, and I'll start with John. How do you get members? Do you actively go out and, um, and solicit? Like, do you have salespeople? 
Yes, I would consider myself the number one networker in New Orleans right now. Okay. Every chamber event, every networking event I can find. And you were a member of the Jefferson Chamber early on. Like yeah, I was one member, of the founders, so. right. Yeah, so, um, but we uh, uh, network, 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 and we have uh, a couple of salespeople that are out soliciting business. So that's how we uh, recruit members. And then, Joni, on your side, um, how do you find folks like this? I mean, um, you know, in, in home health, you're... Um, which is what the nurses are, you're trying to uh, talk to people at the hospital that they would refer you to their agency, but these people are, aren't necessarily coming from a hospital. They're coming... Sometimes they are. Yep. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're being referred by home health agencies who sometimes see them first. And when they realize that there's more need for uh, the patient other than what they can provide, then they may refer them to us uh, to, to fill that need. Uh, but sometimes it's, it's from the hospital as well. Do you, uh, do you advertise? We, we do some advertising. Uh, we do a little print media here or there. Um, we have in the past, you know, dealt with some radio. We've done uh, some television a little bit. I mean, in 50 years, you pretty much have tried it all. Yeah. But basically, 65% of our business is word of mouth. And this year, with it being our 50th year in business, I am stepping out a little bit more to let people know we have been in business for 50 years. And so I'm doing a little bit more advertising than we would normally do. Yeah. The And, you know, one of the things that on the home health care side, you get if almost all of it is Medicare paid, uh, is Medicare part of this? No, unfortunately, Medicare is not. Um, what we do, what non-medical in-home care is normally paid for in a couple of different ways. Uh, if it's normally out of pocket, I, I would say 70% or 80% of most people are paying out of pocket for it. If you have long-term care insurance, which the last statistics I saw in Louisiana was less than 6% of the people have long-term care insurance, then that would cover some of your costs as well. Um, if you've been uh, a veteran and you've served overseas in a war, there are VA benefits that will pay for, for home care. Uh, but normally, other than that, it's going to be out of pocket. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Joni Friedman-Lagasse from Dependable In-Home Care and John Roberts from Moxie. We'll be right back after a very brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Joni Friedman-Lagasse from Dependable In-Home Care and John Roberts from Moxie. John, the one thing I was thinking about when I was reading about you initially was that these... Um, these moxie dollars, I guess one of the important things would be to, does it have a stable currency? I mean, like for instance, you know, Bitcoin went from nothing to 20,000 to 4,000 to 8,000. Is, is that, or am I not looking at this right? Yeah, so it is community currency, and but it's not tied to any outside um, financial tool in any way. So it is all based within the community. So the currency is based on the trust of all of the members. So uh, there is no, uh, no tie to, other than the, the IRS requirements to, to uh, report it as equivalent to dollars, there's no um, other asset that it's tied to. So you, you wouldn't see that? No, right. Yeah. So if you took all the, uh, one of the things we do is we offer an interest-free line of credit into the members so they can spend in the deficit. So some members have a deficit, some members have an accumulation of moxie dollars. If you added just it all like together, it would be zero. There's nothing wrong That's with right. that. Yeah. There's, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and can you pay taxes with moxie dollars? Not yet, but we're working on that. That would be so yes. cool where the, I, the IRS agent, you know, came to your restaurant. That would, oh, yes. I would like that, the, right. whole, the whole thing there. You, um, let me ask you something to get 
to the root of things here, Joni, how do you make money? Because you've got this this network of folks, and and they're negotiating the price themselves with the with the customer. Where do you fit in? Well, we have an administrative cost that's uh, assessed for the particular case, and the family has the option of paying that uh, separately or all or all together. So when we tell a family, you could probably expect to be paying, you know, X amount of dollars for what you're asking for. Um, normally, and we ask them, do you want us to administer this for you? In other words, we're going to keep track of everything for you. We're going to be the, uh, the uh, letter of record, so to speak, for, um, for your IRS records. We're going to do 1099s for your caregivers, things along those lines. There is a fee that we charge the family. So that's in addition to what that hourly fee would be. So when we're quoting someone a price, it's normally a total price based on what they're looking for. So that, that caregiver is going to factor that in when they're negotiating that they will pay, no, pay you? No, no. The caregiver's fee is the caregiver's fee, and they can, they can go up and down. Our fee is set. You know, once we know what we're dealing with with the client, and each client is different, then we have a set fee that we're going to be administering to that client. The uh, hourly rate to the caregiver is what they negotiate. And I remember using this service with my dad. I, I tell you, this is preaching to the choir, but that family caregiver is, is you know, t totally worn out. Well, they, they become, don't. yeah, they, and they, what you really want to have in your end of life um, stages with your parents, you don't want to become their caregiver, even though you're capable no. of doing it. You want to enjoy that time that you have with them. And that's what bringing in an outside caregiver does for you. It allows them to do the heavy lifting, so to speak, and for you to just enjoy your parents or your, your, your what, for the whatever time that, that they have with you. And that could be years and years and years. We've had clients that we've had for four, five, six, seven years. Right, so it's not like hospice that only is at the very end. John, I have to ask you the same question. I bet it's a more complicated answer. How do, how do you make money? It's not a lot more complicated. We actually just charge a commission to our members when they spend their Moxie credits. So when the uh, restaurant takes in the Moxie dollar credits, they pay nothing. But when they have an accumulation of uh, $5,000 in Moxie credits and they decide to pay the plumber $200, uh, then they owe the network a 10% commission, which would be $20. On the seller side, the advantage is uh, being, being able to fill unfilled capacity. On the buying side, what would you say the uh, advantage is? Well, the, the, you save cash. So in other words, um, when the restaurant pays the plumber $200, in Moxie dollar credits, that's $200 that in U.S. dollars that remained in their bank account. And I guess on the seller side, the other part is the value of the, the social interaction and the networking and the advertising to each other, right? Well, yes, and we can't quantify it, but of course there is some cash referral basis. So if you get some new customers in the Moxie network that come to your restaurant, well, they tell their family and friend, I had a great meal over at Commander's Palace. They don't say, oh, and I'm in this trade exchange and that's how I got there and blah, blah, blah. No, right. So, and, and most of those other people they're speaking to are not going to be members of the network anyway. So there is some word of mouth advertising aspect to it. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking to Joni Friedman-Lagasse from the 50-year-old company Dependable In-Home Care and John Roberts from the innovative trade exchange Moxie. 
Joni and John, this is the part of the show we call your brother-in-law. You're about to quit work for the day and go to dinner when your phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. He usually only calls when he needs to borrow your beach umbrella when he's having a cookout, but this time it's different. This time he's calling you about business. Joni, your brother-in-law has a great idea. He says that seeing a growing part of your business is providing childcare for parents who are visiting New Orleans. How about expanding on that? He's prepared to quit his job and head up a new division of your company called Dependable Day Camp. He'll take kids from breakfast to bedtime and give them a full day of New Orleans fun from a single day or even a full week. What do you tell your brother-in-law? Is Dependable Day Camp a a great idea, and we didn't get to mention it earlier, but that's become a big part of your business, right? The uh... it, it makes up about 10% of our revenue, our, our yearly revenue, gross revenue. That particular part of our business, like the home care business, really chose me. I didn't really choose it. Um, about 1986, I got a call from the Marriott Hotel, and um, they had had a situation uh, across the country, really, that really rocked their world. Most of the hotels at that time were using back-of-the-house people for babysitting and things along those lines. Well, to make a long story short, something very bad happened once, and so then they said, no, no more. We're not going to do that. We're going to hire out for that. So they were looking for a company that had CPR-certified, vetted people that could come into their hotel and babysit for their guests. Hence, Dependable Kid Care was born. So we started that in 1986, and uh, it's grown to be, you know, like I said, about 10% of our gross revenue. At this, uh, before Katrina, we offered that service to both residential people as well as hotel guests. Um, today, we pretty much focus on just the tourist trade um, for a number of reasons. It's, it's expensive, and most people don't want to, uh, in their homes, the residents here, don't want to pay $25 an hour for a babysitter. Whereas if you're in New Orleans and you want to go eat at Commander's Palace and you don't want to bring your two-year-old with you, it's okay. You, you know, know, I've been in a hotel with that situation, and it's a great luxury. Right, it is. So um, Finally have dinner with your spouse. Right, and, really- and, 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 to, and to attract the right type of people to do this type of work, you really need to pay them a, a, a really well, a good salary, you know, a good hourly salary. And most of these people that we are looking for, the quality of people, they're looking to make $15, $20 an hour, plus parking, plus whatever. They don't want to go work, you know, for you around the corner for 10 bucks an hour. They're not 14-year-old girls, then? No. Okay, just check. Now, what about your brother-in-law who... I have met, and he's a brilliant man. I, I've never met him. But, the, uh, but um, what do you think about his idea of uh, the, the dependable day camp? We actually do that service. We actually offer that service to tourists who come to town with their children, uh, say they're here for a convention, and they want us to take their child out for the day. Well, we can arrange that. We can put, like, a little custom tour together for them, depending on how much time they want, how much money they want to spend, and what have you. And so we'll take them to the zoo, to the aquarium. Now, John, your brother-in-law has a great idea, too. He's calling it City Currency. He says, think about it, a Moxie-style exchange exclusive to a city, say, L.A. dollars, Austin coin, or a New Orleans currency called Neuro, which he is spelling... E-A-U-X, of course. You could manage the new row like you do Moxie. It's a valid currency only in New Orleans. You can only earn it and spend it here if you're a resident or a tourist. What do you tell your brother-in-law? Is the new row, the city-based currency in general, a good idea? Well, it is really kind of what we are now because 
it's community currency, but you can spend it into other communities, but 95% of what goes on in local business, especially small to medium-sized businesses, which make up our membership, is local. So uh, uh, we did just have a transaction, actually. Uh, someone from Lafayette bought some alarm services from one of our members here in Metairie, but that's very unusual. It's normally 95%, uh, like I said, transpires within the local community. So uh, it is what we do already. Well, now, you mentioned that it isn't, you know, obviously the taxes are on the up and up and things like that. But is, would you call it part of the subterranean economy? Uh, what about those poor guys trying to figure out GDP for the country and things like that? Right. So, well, I mean, there is a lot of direct trade that goes on. Uh, I'm sure Commander's Palace here, many restaurants, a lot of uh, advertising companies all have some types of direct trade, trade that off, they do yeah. and stuff. So what we do is facilitate, we bring it into the light above board, um, and then we offer the ability to expand what they do in that, uh, in that venue of, of services and, and currency. Now, when I first started uh, looking at Moxie, I was thinking of, like you were saying, plumbers and uh, things like that. Does it work for retail? It will, as long as you can afford the 10% commission. The way I actually got ori originally involved was I, I, I used to own a chain of gas stations that I'd sold, um, but um, one of the owners of Moxie had called me a couple of years ago and said, hey, would this work? We'd love to be able to have gasoline on it. And, of course, the fuel margins are rarely above 10%. So I, after looking at it, I said, no, it's not going to work. So, right, every, every business that has a very narrow margin really doesn't make sense or work because they can't afford to pay 10% commission for the new customer. And just to be clear, if, if that customer were to use a credit card, that would be a, a chunk out earlier, right? I mean, it's a, um, it's not as if they have free transactions with credit cards. That's they, correct. How much, right. do, how much yeah. does a, a business pay when you, somebody uses a credit card? It depends on your particular arrangement, but anywhere from 1% to 2.5%. Okay. Yeah. I wish I got 15 to 2%. We're paying more like 35 to Four, depending on the credit card. Yeah, so it's really a volume-based yeah. thing. The higher the volume, the cheaper rates you can get. But see, John knows people, and it's, <laughs> it's time, John. After 50 it, years, it, you knew people. It like is volume. John. It is volume-based. Uh, you know, we're not, you know, mega-billion-dollar companies. So I'm sure that those companies get much better rates than little, dependable in-home care in New Orleans. How many of them been open 50 years, though? No, I don't know. I don't know. John, I think you know people are listening and they're wondering, you know, can I get involved in it? What is the key that you just is it only that you have a business? Yeah, that's primarily it. If you have a business, um, we do have an application process. It's very simple. There's no contract involved, actually, in joining Moxie. It's live by the golden rule. We live by the golden rule. If you wish to join Moxie and you're a qualified business, then uh, we will let you in. And if uh, you want to leave in any reason in the future because you haven't gotten enough customers or whatever the reason may be, you leave. And that's as simple as that. The golden rule is still do unto others. As, uh, you we haven't changed that at all? That's correct. Okay, just, uh, yeah. just want to make sure. That, yeah. <laughs> when you start a business, you can only dream about what success would look like. Uh, whatever that success turns out to be in reality, most business people will tell you that it's not the way they envisioned it at the very beginning. Joni, when your mom started up dependable in-home care 50 years ago, there was no way she would have guessed that half a century later, the leaders of the healthcare industry, from doctors to insurance companies, would be following her business model. And John, 50 years from now, some other business commentator may be looking back at the year the most influential alternative business-to-business -business currency movement got started. It's been great to meet both of you. Thank you, Joni and John, and thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks, thanks. for having us. Thank you, Peter. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Joni Friedman-Lagasse, president of Dependable In-Home Care, and John Roberts, general manager and partner of the New Orleans branch of Moxie. 
You can find out more about Joni's and John's businesses by following the links on our website. It's neworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. And our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to this show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find all of our podcasts at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com, It's New Orleans' Facebook page, and on Instagram. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Basics Swimming Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, the It's New Orleans Happy Hour podcast. And by Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. 